Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle, a podcast that looks at all things marketing in the world of sports. I'm your host, Rob Cressy, founder of Bacon Sports. And joining me for the second time on the show is Andrew Jaffe, founder of The Rail. Welcome to the Sports Marketing Huddle. Uh, can you give a quick overview on who you are and what you do? Who am I? I am uh, a restaurant operator for 25 years who got tired of smelling like a French fry and finally decided to find a new way to make a living, but still loved the industry so much I didn't want to walk away. So 13 years ago, or now 15, sorry, 15 years ago, I started something called Sports TV Guide, which is a, an information service that tells sports-themed restaurant and operators, restaurant and bar operators, exactly what is televised for sports. Um, we've evolved that over a long period of time. A few years ago, we decided that content was a way of really bringing extra value to our paid subscribers. And we began the, the Daily Rail, which is our newsletter. Goes out seven days a week to our paid subscribers and Monday through Friday to our, what we call freemium subscribers, folks that like the content but don't need the sports TV guide. We talk to about 30,000 restaurant operators every day. We're hearing about what they're frustrated by. We're hearing about what excites them. We're hearing about what they believe, um, what they don't believe. And, uh, and sometimes they, uh, they teach us, which is great. So it's been a great run. And now, you know, I've got, have the chance to, chat with somebody like you. So it's, it's obviously been very positive for us. Awesome. So we had a conversation earlier this week uh, about the intersection of sports betting and sports bars, because with the legalization of sports betting and the rollout uh, over the next few years, this is something that is going to explode. And sports bars are a great place to find sports fans and we know that sports betting companies are going to want to reach these sports fans and they're going to want to get downloads of their app they're going to want to find ways to do real-time sports betting via mobile or in establishment and really it's a it's a unique situation because we've got the interest of the sports betting companies who want to reach this demographic then we've got the sports bar operators who look at that and say, all right, well, one, am I even thinking about this opportunity? Two, if I am, how do we execute it? And then how do we marry the two? Because just because there is a want from the sports betting companies to be part of these sports bars doesn't mean that the integration is going to be seamless. And I think it's a very interesting discussion. So I want to start it off thinking, what are, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, about probably whenever when was the Supreme Court decision? It's probably about two months ago now. Yeah, it wasn't that much long ago. Yeah, so the, the Supreme Court decision that recently opened the door for legalized online gambling and betting um, started a conversation that for the first couple of days was fairly hot, and then I've seen it fade. There was news that Buffalo Wild Wings was perceived to be exploring an opportunity and. I think a lot of operators thought, oh, wow, this is a way for me to make money. Um, if you know the, the sort of traditional small bar-only bar paradigm where they have uh, a couple of those, those payout machines in their buildings, gambling has in bars has been a staple of the bar experience forever. I mean, put a date on it. It doesn't matter. As long as there are, are men and women gathering and drinking the establishments, they are making wagers of some sort. 
and uh, the bar is the perfect place to find the other person to, to make the wager with. Well, I think in the case of these, um, these larger gambling operations, we're trying to attract users. Bars have an opportunity to be um, a method for these operators to reduce what's called their CPA, cost per acquisition. Um, the question is, how does a bar do it? How does a bar work with one of these, these gambling estab established gambling sites or, or mobile apps? Um, is it the right choice for their restaurant or bar? Is it gonna change the character of their restaurant? There's all these kinds of questions for any initiative that you take. I think you start primarily with the fact that your guests, especially in our sports-themed operators, we, we talk to 5,000 sports bars every day, specifically about 8,000 email addresses in that group. Uh, and you know, they're, they're always looking for new promotional ideas and new opportunities to excite their guests. But the truth of the matter is, if you've heard of the 80-20 rule, about 20% of their guests are fairly serious sports and um, sports betting and sports uh, centric folks. Look at the sort of same percentage of folks who are doing um, fantasy football in the, in the overall market. But that leaves 80% of a market that isn't being spoken to about the opportunity to lay a small wager on a game to make it a little more interesting. And bars are such a safe place to experiment with new things. How many people went to a bar and saw HDTV for the first time in the early 2000s? How many people try a specific beverage, uh, a type of beer or a spirit that they've never had before in a bar? Bars are places where people experiment. So I think that intersection of interest in gambling being kind of a wide ranging part of the, the, the social experience, as well as of course, this concentration of folks who, who are interested in sports makes for a really solid combination. The question is, how do you leverage it? And I think that's what you and I can probably explore, explore right now as we continue this conversation. Yeah, and I really think the biggest challenge here actually just comes down to the straight dollars because dollars talk certainly to the operators. And I know very much on an affiliate model basis, it's, hey, we're going to pay you out X amount for uh, every new user that you sign up. And the challenge being how much legwork one of these operators has to do. So you can assume that there's a variety of levels of operators, anything from chain restaurants, the Buffalo Wild Wings of the world, all the way down to a small uh, neighborhood mom and pop shop by themselves. So can a uniform package be created that works or incentivizes the sports bar enough? Because certainly they get enough people coming at them saying, hey, I've got the new uh, loyalty app that I can use. And I'm not sure if that's really going to be enough, especially with a lot of these operators may not even understand what's going on here. So it's hard enough if the, the dollars aren't there. Nonetheless, uh, what is the education learning curve that they have? Oh, and you got another element to this that you have to factor in. And it's, you know, my favorite knock against my own industry is inertia. Sports bar operators get excited about things, restaurant operators generally, not, not just sports operators, um, get excited about things, but their follow through and their ability to implement new programs is, to say the least, um, suspect. So the question is not only, you know, how do they profit from it, where do the dollars come from, but how do you, how do you motivate them beyond dollars? Because dollars are not, literally not enough for somebody who's working 75 hours a week, just trying to stay ahead of, 
all the challenges in their business. It has to be more transformative than just, oh, dude, I'll save you some money. It's got to feel bigger. And I think there's a couple of ways to do that. Certainly, exclusivity is a way to do it, where you, where you have exclusive programs run in participating restaurants and bars that a big player would, would support and sponsor. Um, it's one way to get folks on board and get them excited. Direct incentives to staff. Again, knowing the CPA, this is a fairly complicated marketing conversation when we start talking about costs per acquisition. Because when you think about the cost per acquisition, that's every expense associated to getting a new customer. You can use the restaurant industry as a, as a good example. If you have to spend $5,000 in advertising to generate 100 new customers, then it's cost you $50 to acquire those customers. But in long-term marketing, like, like is done for, for some of these sports betting sites, specifically look at like uh, FanDuel or, or DraftKings, there's other expenses from an onboarding expense to the administrative costs to managing credit card information. So those numbers balloon fairly quickly. Um, the question is how do you get people excited and make sure that it's compensation that's worthy of the effort they're putting in? That's the combination. It can't just be about money. I can come to any sports team operator or restaurant operator in the country and say, I'm gonna give you a thousand bucks next week if you do these five things. Those five things are not gonna happen. So it's gotta be better than just, I'm gonna give you something. It's gotta make it feel to them like they're doing good for their business. All right, so here's the next level of this. Let's talk about the experiential side. So one of the great things about sports betting is you now have a vested interest in the game. So it's a little bit more interesting now. And especially if there's a leaderboard. So uh, I remember back in the days, the NTN trivia that, or you can even look at Golden Tee. Competition is a great thing. Crap, you can even do those uh, weekly wins pools that you even see written down on pieces of paper that you just submit to your bartender saying, hey, whoever gets the most wins this week gets whatever, a $25 tab. So sports betting does offer a unique opportunity to engage the sports fans. And I think in order for this to work, then the sports bar has to have a marketing mind to say, all right, What's going to get someone to want to come to our sports bar instead of the one next door? And is it the fact that we have a relationship with a sports betting operator and it just so happens that this Sunday we're going to be running uh, an against the spread uh, contest where whoever wins the following week gets a specific tab and maybe people even get something just for participating. And do you believe something where the sports betting companies bring the engagement package, which is very turnkey saying, hey, this is all that you need to do. Is that enough to excite the sports bar operator knowing that the goal is to elevate the experience? And oh, by the way, we can talk about whatever the, the CPA or money side of things is including that, but just on the engagement side, is that good? Yeah, I actually think it's the only way for it to succeed. I think you have to create turnkey simplified steps but you also have to hold the operator accountable so for example if you if we were going to let's pick a bar uh, do you know boundary it's right down the street from me of course great bar one of our customers got the place has fantastic energy maybe they want to fill in a little bit during the week and they want to run something on monday through thursday that 
focuses on the opportunity to pick winners or, or pick against the spread or whatever the game structure is. But, you know, what they want to do is drive frequency. So they're going to create an exclusive program that you can only access while you're in the restaurant. You've got to come once a week. The pricing maybe has some positivity to it, but then whoever delivers that engagement package has to say, okay, Foundry, on Monday you will send this email and they create the HTML for them to send to their list. On Wednesday you do this. Here are your social posts. And they literally manage every single bar's um, marketing approach to it. And they don't get paid unless they can demonstrate they've done those things. But again, if the incentive is sufficient to drive traffic, they'll do it. And then the bonus is proving that they're doing it is worth it to get paid. So, so that's... So you mentioned an interesting thing. So the social media side of things, and this is uh, something that really grinds my gears and it's been an issue that I've had because I've, I've wanted to work with sports bars for the longest time because I'm a consumer of sports bars and marketing and I see the marketing that comes to me as a sports fan from sports bars and it's garbage. I, I can't tell you a single time that I've seen sports bar marketing where I was like, man, that is fantastic. I feel part of this. But what sports betting does offer, if we take this even to the next level, so we're trying to drive more people with a higher frequency uh, in location, but there's also a great opportunity to continue the conversation or start the conversation on social. So instead of you just showing me endless photos of food, which has its place in some, in some areas, but I don't want to only see that. Now there's an opportunity to say, all right, us as an establishment, uh, we're willing to talk about sports betting in the excitement and the engagement, because we know that's part, that's going to be part of the ongoing conversation of sports fans. So what are your thoughts on the social media integration? And I know you just mentioned it. We want it to be turnkey, but I think that there's definitely a messaging or as an operator, how do they embrace sports betting knowing that, hey, are we going to become known as a sports betting bar? Or does it not necessarily need to be like that because it can just be like any other promotional product or program that is being run? So I, I, I would say this. I think the hook is, for an operator, is an exclusive, comp, when I say competition, meaning betting opportunity, right? Maybe no stakes initially so that they can run stake-free games where nobody has to put money in, and they prize them themselves. As you said, a $50 tab, a $25 tab, pick a number. It's, it's, it's actually short money, but it's of great value to the person who's participating as a consumer. This specific play using sports betting as, a, as an attraction is exclusively of value to drive frequency, which is fine because frequency is one of the most important parts. It's part of a three-legged sort of triangle of, of marketing. You wanna create new customers, you want the customers that show up to spend more money, and you want them to come more often. That's the three ways we market. There's no other way to market, it's just what it is. So this one is clearly a frequency, maybe an opportunity to drive spending if you throw in some, some coupons or offers for anybody who participates, so everybody's a winner, here's a, you know, a, a free soda, which might get them to come in with friends and, and, and spend on a higher check average, who knows? Pick, pick the prize, be thoughtful, and, and, and get it to work for your guests. But I would say that a program that 
uses social to reinforce the opportunity to be a part of a, a community is great. So if you're a if you're a boundary and you're clearly a Bears bar and you want people, you know, maybe you're not. Maybe you're the, the Green Bay bar in Chicago. You know, maybe you 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 do an exclusive each week just on the Green Bay game. People pick the, the score and the spread. They pick against the spread, whatever. All the NFL. And maybe you get extra points for picking the Green Bay rate. I don't know. But you create a game that creates the energy around watching the sport. Very briefly, you mentioned sort of the, the, the stakeholder approach to getting people to gamble on when people gamble on sports, right? Yep. I, used, I used to work at, at Arlington Park, north of Chicago. And I was there for a race. And I'll never forget this moment. The, the horses came right out of the, the, the home stretch, you know, the clubhouse turn. And I was standing on a stairwell and 30,000 people stood up at once. And the energy changed in a way I've never experienced at any other sporting event. I've been to NFL playoff games. I've been to the World Series. I've been to everything. But every person in that building cared because they had a dollar on that race. It was the most incredible experience I've had in sport in my life. And it was 30 years ago. So creating that excitement around the game where, they, where the guest has a stake is a very interesting way to enhance the experience in your building. So last question for you. Is there an opportunity for other brands, let's call them alcohol brands, to potentially use sports betting as another way to do the promotion? So hypothetically speaking, let's call it Miller Lite or Budweiser or any liquor brand says, all right, what if we partner up with the sports betting brand and bring that as part of our promotional package, knowing that these alcohol brands are already trying to promote and they're used to promoting to these sports bar operators to begin with. So maybe it's a little bit of an easier transition instead of just going from sports bar operator to sports betting. What if we use an intermediary to try and help uh, use that as a way to facilitate a way to integrate all of these brands together. Is that a potential option? It absolutely is. My, my only caution on that conversation is that it's probably a national brand play. Um, you might get a brand who would be interested in doing a, a regional approach to testing it to see what it looks like. But because of the scale of it and because there are, there's, a, there's a perception issue um, with you know, combining alcohol and gambling, um, that may or may not be a hurdle for the for the spirit providers. I don't think the the, the, the betting websites care one way or the other who they partner with. Um, but I think that the spirit and beer brands will be um, a little more cautious. I think you can do it at a local level. My bar, pick up the phone, call my wholesaler and say, we're running this promotion. I want you to support it. And we can build that in. You can build that in as a part of an overall promotional approach so that you're partnering with the bars, especially if you're paying the bars enough. So, you know, for example, if, if the betting establishment was able to demonstrate that they could, that they could generate a hundred, just using a number, a hundred new depositors, because that's, I think, how they approach their, their customers, a hundred new depositors um, out, of a, out of a location, the number that they would pay based on their cost per acquisition is pretty high. We can demonstrate that properly executed, 
meaning the bar has to do the job well, that for $1,000, you can, you can get 100 new subscribers. Well, boy, you got, you, you're going you're gonna to have some pretty good results there, and your cost per acquisition is going to plummet. So I think locally it can work with a, with a, a wholesaler, but I think national brand-wise, honestly, they would be skeptical and reticent to do business with a gambling concept at a, at a, a more broad level, but wouldn't stop a local wholesaler from supporting a local restaurant or bar. So, Andrew, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on is, one, I enjoyed talking to you and your thought leadership about this, but I really want to hear from all sides of the industry from this, the sports bar operators, the sports betting companies, the, the sports communities that want to be built and or talk about sports betting because we've seen the way that DraftKings and FanDuel have grown and wanted to be part of the sports bar industry. So I like to have a takeaway or an action item from every episode. And for me, I want to hear from anybody listening who's on either side of this, what their thoughts are on how sports bars and sports betting companies can work together and maybe there's a good opportunity for you and I to help facilitate that handshake between everyone. Is there an ask that you have for the listener right now regarding this conversation? Absolutely. I think it's a really simple one. You know, you asked me this question about sports. Well, you know, I think I answered it effectively based on my own experience. I'm only one person. You know, what would it take to get you excited about this, right? That's the question. And it can't, it can't be just your typical sports bar, restaurant operator, Again, suffering from inertia, big plans, no execution. You know, what would it take? Would it take you being able to drive your check average up by $10, you know, on, on nights you're running promotions with it? Would it take getting an extra 75 or 100 people a week through your door? What's the motivate? Will it take $1,000 in your back pocket to execute on the promotion? What would it take? And I think that's, you know, that's the question. And the second question I would ask is, are your guests actually interested in this? I mean, are we solving a problem that doesn't exist? Well, I do believe that we're ahead of the curve at the moment on this, and that is our duty as forward-thinking marketers to say, listen, we want to put you in a position to succeed, and if you're not talking about this, then you're missing out on a potential opportunity, albeit that is a very good question to ask, and it is early in the game, but we certainly believe that if you can be early in this game in sports betting, this isn't going to be going away anytime soon. And this is actually the beginning of something of what I believe will be a very positive integration for everyone. So it's definitely worthy of having the conversation. And I know on my end and certainly your end, we want to help facilitate this because it's a win-win situation for everybody. So Andrew, where can everybody connect with you in the rail? Right. No, we're easy to find. So um, the dailyrail.com is our website, spelled just like it sounds, um, rail like bar rail. Um, and you can reach me. I'm on Twitter at uh, Sports TV Guide, um, you know, so I'm easy to find there. And uh, you can also check out our Sports Bar Marketing website, which is exactly what it is, sportsbarmarketing.com, to learn more about our sports-themed operators community, which is kind of a subset of our overall and as always, I'd love to hear from you about this episode. Do you have thoughts, questions, or did this cause you to take action? Uh, if you were a consumer, would you want to see an integration between sports betting and these sports bar operators? You can hit me up on Instagram at Rob underscore Cressy or on Twitter at Rob Cressy. 
And if you'd like to get some content creation tips to help you on your journey, go to BaconSports.com and sign up for my newsletter. That's it. That's all, man.